translation. O supreme form, we are always servants of your servants, especially of Nard Muni. Now give us permission to leave for our home. It is by the grace and mercy of Nard Muni that we have been able to see you face to face. So I can say and you can say, <clears throat> O Supreme Lord, we are always servants of your servants, especially of Narda Muni. Now give us permission to leave for our home. It is by the grace and mercy of Narda Muni that we have been able to see you face to face. Purport by His Divine Grace, Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta, Swami, Srila Prabhupada. Unless delivered or blessed by a devotee, one cannot realize that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Manus Shanam Saheshu Gaschid Yata Yati Siddhi Aye. Excuse me. According to this verse of Bhagavad Gita 7.3, there are so many siddhas or yogis who cannot understand Krishna. Instead, they misunderstand him. But if one takes shelter of a devotee descending from the parampara system of Narmuni, one can then understand who is an incarnation of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. In this age, many pseudo-incarnations are advertised simply for having exhibited some magical performances. But except for persons who are servants of Nard and other servants of Krishna, no one can understand who is God and who is not. This is confirmed by Narottam Das Thakur. Chadiya Vaishnava Seva Nistra Payechi Keba no one is delivered from the material conception of life unless favored by a Vaishnava. Others can never be can never understand. Others can never understand, neither by speculation nor by any other bodily or mental mental gymnastics. Srila Prabhupada um, is very clear, isn't he? Very clear. He doesn't, uh, this can only be interpreted one way. Now, once again, the verse O supreme form, we are always servants of your servants, especially of Nard Muni. Now give us permission to leave for our home. It is by the grace and mercy of Nard Muni that we have been able to see you face to face. Om Gantimarindasya Gananjanan Shalakaya Chakshur Unmilitam Jena Tasmai Sri Gurve Namaha Sri Chaitanya Manovishtam Stapitam Jena Bhutale Swayam Rupakadam Ayam Dadanti Swapadantakam Banchakalpa Tarubyas Chakripa Sendupi Ebracha Patitanam Pavanabio Vaishnavabio Namo Namaha So, uh, it's a very interesting story. Just to recap, uh, what's what's going on? We may wonder what's happening. What's all? Who are these guys that are talking here? 
this, uh, these are the sons of uh, Mani Griva. Uh, no, sons of Kuvera. Mani Griva and Nalu Kuvera. Mani Griva and Nalu Kuvera were uh, observed by Nard Muni, and they were playing and frolicking naked with young naked girls in a pool and they were intoxicated you see and they were so uh, unashamed of themselves so uh, so much in false ego that they were frolicking in and out of the water right in front of Nard Mooney as he's walking by not even caring naked carrying on you see so Nard Mooney was going by and he saw this and they didn't even pay any attention they just kind of were going along and so Nardmuni cursed them to take birth as these two Arjun trees, you see. Now these two Arjun trees, what's that story about? Anybody know? Right, right. When Krishna was tied to the uh, grinding stone, he started to crawl. And he knocked these two uh, trees over, freeing these two souls that were cursed by Nard Muni to stay there, you see. So now here they are, now that they've been released from this curse, and these bodies, for a hundred years, they'd been standing in this, uh, this position as uh, uh, Arjun trees. And so now they're freed. And so they're offering prayers to Krishna, you see. So it's a sweet prayer, uh, O Supreme Form. We're always servants of your servants. So now they've realized, you know, we were fools. We're, we realize we're servants of your servants. They're not even saying, <clears throat> they're not so puffed up to say, my dear Krishna, we are your servants. No, we are servants of your servants. They've come to their senses, you see, uh, by this torture of being cursed to be trees. Huh? And they go on to say, especially of Nard Muni. Now, why would they consider themselves servants of Nard Muni? He cursed them to stand as trees. Why are they saying, oh, thank you so much. Now I'm your servant. You see? Because they had a change of heart. They had access to uh, their uh, real store of intelligence. They woke up. They realized this uh, behavior that we were uh, participating in was unbecoming of a human being. And Nard Muni cursed us to stand for a hundred years as trees. The end result is we were freed and liberated by Krishna himself in one of his boyhood pastimes. Now for that, they're jubilant. Now they're ecstatic. Now they're very thankful my dear Lord, please, thank you. You know, we're always servants of your servant, especially Nard Muni. <clears throat> so what we see happening here is that uh, when one encounters Krishna's pure devotee, whatever we get is wonderful. Whatever we get is just the best thing that could possibly happen to us. Even if he curses you. Even if you're cursed you see, if you displease and he curse, that's the best thing because 
when you work through that curse, then you will be freed. You know, unless you're so dull-headed that you go back and do it again. Some people are so dull-headed that they may have to. But we could see here, these two boys, they've, uh, they've gone through this 100 years of being in the body of the tree, and, uh, and now they feel emancipated. My dear Krishna, because of this, uh, because of this curse, we're seeing you face to face. We're having darshan with you, you see. So can you imagine being part of that pastime when Damodar is pulling down the trees? You would feel pretty thankful. This would be sweet. However, whatever it took to get here, you're here. You're, you're freed by the Supreme Lord himself. You get to look at him face to face. So whatever price I had to pay to get here was well worth it, you see. So the devotee should be thinking like that. We should always think like that, that this is all Krishna's mercy. We're drowning in an ocean of Krishna's mercy constantly, you see. Now, sometimes we may perceive, well, things didn't go my way today, you know. If Krishna cares so much about me, why did he let me suffer like that? You know, maybe I had... Uh, it's just like uh, uh, Aaron and I were rushing to the Sunday feast on Sunday in El Paso. I mean, we weren't rushing, but we were... I was doing maybe two to five miles over the speed limit. So for me, that's rushing. But I know for you, that's poking along. But for me, that's rushing, you know. So we were going to be about 10 minutes late so but i'm not going to let it what's you know an extra five miles an hour gets me there 30 seconds early it doesn't mean so uh we see this uh this car in a few lanes over on the freeway goes to uh change lanes when and just when she did that she broadsided this car kind of you know this car was here and she was here bam and then went sideways and the car's pushing her down the freeway then it one of them just went off the, the, you know, down this embankment. You see, so this, you know, this crazy thing is happening. Somebody could get out of the car after that happens. Say, Krishna, my dear God, why did you let that happen to me? <clears throat> you know, I mean, why me? You know, I've been a good Hari Krishna. I've chanted my rounds. Why did you let that happen to me? You know, well, wouldn't it be fair for Krishna to say, you fool, why didn't you look? There was a truck there. It was an orange truck, a very large orange truck. <laughs> so the driver wasn't very observant. I'm not even sure if the driver even looked. It was a very foolish thing. But my point is that many times when things happen, practically all the time, we have a tendency to turn, uh, turn on God. Why did you let this happen? You know, I've heard people say when the tsunami hit or something like that, what kind of God would let that happen? Oh, you know, how many kinds are there? How many kinds of gods are there? You know, a merciful God will allow you to get uh, redeemed. He will give you punishment for your, ac your actions, you see. Ah, uh, 
So these boys here were frolicking naked in, in plain view of everyone with naked ladies, intoxicated. They were intoxicated <clears throat> from drinking some liquor, plus they were intoxicated because of their wealth and their social well-being. They thought that they were special, you see. So since I'm special, uh, the laws don't necessarily apply to me because I'm special, which is the problem that we all have. All of us in this material world think we're special. We get in, we're, in, we're at home with Krishna in, the, uh, in his kingdom, Goloka Vrindavan, and we notice one day that we're not so special. Krishna is special. He's the center of the universe. He's the center of attention. Why not me? Why Krishna? You see? It doesn't take much. It's not that we go protest like these people are protesting down on Wall Street now. You know, it's not like we make fools out of ourselves. We paint up posters and we're protesting Krishna, you know. Here we are in Gokul leading the protest. Why not me? Why not me? Why not me? You know? <laughs> it's not that we're foolish like that, you see. Well, we just get that feeling. Hey, why not me? Why are you so special? I want to be the center of the universe. So Krishna says, if that's what you like, oh, I can arrange that. Yeah, we can do that. I mean, you can't do it here in my home. You cannot be the center of attention here. I'm sorry, but all these unlimited uh, servants of mine are not going to turn their attention to you. They're not. So my dear son or daughter, whatever, you are going to have to go someplace else to be the center of attention. You can't do that here. They see me as the center of their universe. You want to see you as the center of your universe. So that's okay. We're not angry, you know. But oh, you're going to have to go someplace else. That's obvious. It's not going to work here. I'm Krishna. This is the abode of Krishna. So uh, Krishna is so kind that he gives us this introduction to the material world. He gives us that center of attention as Lord Brahma. <clears throat> we, we come to this material world. First shot we get is Lord Brahma. In some universe somewhere, we're Lord Brahma, you see. So you get it. You're the Ishwar. You're the center. You're the big guy the top dog of the uh, universe, you see. So here you are. Now you've got it. And from there, we goof it up. We transcend down and down and down into the lower species and then back up as human beings. All the time, wanting to be the center of everyone's attention because we are the center of our attention. We're the most special person on the planet. You know, it's like we've said often, if, if you're in a group picture and the picture's passed around to you, who's the first person you look for? Huh? You see? We've got a disease. We have, this is a spiritual disease. Dis-ease. Not at ease. We cannot be at ease because we're diseased. 
There's no happiness. There's no escaping this. There's no dealing with this unless we let it go. We have to give it up. We have to bail out on it, you see. We cannot hang on to this. This is the original sin, putting me first, putting me in the center of my universe. This is what got us here. This is what keeps us here. And by releasing it, you will allow yourself to let go of the material world and go back home, back to Godhead. But not until. We can't do it. It's not possible, you see. Everything will fail. All our attempts will fail until we let go of the false ego. So, as I say to people, uh, take a reality check once in a while. Take a peek at the center of the universe. If you see you there, you're in trouble. If you see Krishna, oh, now you're doing very good. You should see Guru and Krishna. Not even a hint of you, you see. One who is thinking, there's nothing special about me. If he truly feels that way, you can bet that there are many, many people somewhere, or probably everywhere, who thinks this person is very special. You see, Srila Prabhupada did not think he was very special. He didn't think he was very special. I have a picture of Srila Prabhupada. Uh, he's going to get on an airplane. And he's standing in line with everyone else. And it looks so out of place <clears throat> to see the Jagat Guru, uh, the savior of the world, standing in line. It doesn't look right. Someone could have gone up there and got his ticket for him or done whatever, but Prabhupada did it humbly. He's humbly there in line, not thinking everyone should move aside. Don't you know who I am? I'm Krishna's pure devotee, and you're all scum. You're all low life. Why don't you move aside? Why am I not at the beginning of the line? No, he went and got, he took his place in line, humbly. Waiting his turn. Happy, undisturbed. Undisturbed, what's the Sanskrit word for undisturbed? Dira. Dira Krishna. He, Krishna is undisturbed. So, this is a lesson uh, that we all have to learn. We have to go there. We have to experience it. We've got to pay this uh, do. This is something we've got to do. Now we could say, well, you know, I kind of thought it would be more important if I uh, learned some uh, different melodies, uh, melodies while chanting or, you know, I'm going to hang on to my, uh, uh, my, the problems that I have with my false ego, but I'm going to please the guru. You know, I'm going to go, I'm going to try to uh, distribute books Wrong. If you've got false ego, you'll get smashed in the lots. Anybody who's distributed books will tell you. You will get creamed. You won't last a half hour. You'll be ranting and raving. I've seen it. I've taken people out. Within 30 minutes, I've got to get out of here. I can't do this. These people are crazy. 
None of them are giving me proper respect. Some people walk right past me. Do you know that? I'm out in the lot. Excuse me, sir. They don't even look at me. They walk right past me. I'm suffering so much. I'm not getting proper respect. This is the problem. This is what uh, uh, tears the world to pieces. One person is not getting <clears throat> respect. This country doesn't give us proper respect. Let's send our bombs and our army over there. Huh? Right now, these, uh, uh, these people are approaching Wall Street because they feel like they're not getting respect or proper. I don't know what it is they want them to do. They say that there's not enough distribution of wealth. Isn't that, is that what they're saying? You know, that these people are too tight-fisted. Although the top 1% of uh, earners, of people who make money, let's say wage earners, the top 1% pay 66% of all charitable donations. The other 99% of people who make money pay 33% collectively. Yet that top 1%, <clears throat> they're hoarding money. You see, we're not, <clears throat> we're not getting the respect that we should from them. They've done something wrong to get that money. Well, Oh, let's back up. What does it say in the Bible? As you sow, so shall ye reap. What do we say on the street? What goes around comes around. Isn't that the law of karma? So, as you have, you must have done. Is my math off here? Is that working? So, as you're receiving... You must have sent out. As it's coming around, you sent around. So if someone is poor and impoverished, it's whose fault? Theirs. They earned it. They paid for it. They paid for that out of their actions. Actions come from desires. Your desires cause you to act. As you act, you get a reaction. Therefore, if you're rich... You bought it and paid for it. It's your karma. Now, I can be envious for, you know, for a century. Well, you've got so much money. You know. Turn your envy towards Krishna. Go work it out with Krishna. See? We're always thinking that the law of karma is unfair. I'm too poor, so that's not fair. You're too rich, that's not fair. Who am I to meddle in people's karma? What business is it of mine? You see. I know some, uh, <clears throat> some new devotees are involved in these protests. You know, and I've called them and told them, why don't you go, uh, if you want to do something for society, why don't you just walk down the street chanting Hare Krishna? What do we care about this nonsense? Some, some man is rich. How did he get it? I don't care. Some karma. He's got this karma. You don't escape it. You can go get PhDs and, and work real, real hard 
or you can just be born. Some people are just born. They're born rich. Some people <clears throat> are born in just a good family, but everything they, they have ideas and everything they touch seems to make money because of karma, you see. And some other people can, can go to school for so many years, for 12 years, and work, work, work so hard and start so many business, but they never get anything but failure. Is it God's fault? No. When you take your birth, there, there are so many breaths that you're going to take. Now, you can be a health nut or whatever, but you're going to live a certain donation, uh, duration of time. You're going to have so much riches. No matter what you do, when you check in, when you get this body, that's all set. You can have someone do your stars and you can see, oh, well, it'll be this way. It's going to be pretty much that way. Now, Srila Prabhupada said the first time you clap your hands in arti, it changes. Everything changes, you see. Krishna may have some special mercy, you see. You may be do, uh, doomed to enjoy wealth like these young boys were doing, enjoying their wealth, frolicking uh, like this, offending the pure devotee. You see, and they got cursed <clears throat> by the mercy of the Lord and Krishna's pure devotee. They lost everything. They lost their life. They were turned into trees. They lost those bodies. They they turned into uh, trees because trees are less conscious. They're still conscious, but less, far less conscious than human beings. And trees like to stand naked. For people who are uh, fond of, uh, of not wearing clothing, then typically, according to Srimad Bhagavatam, their next birth is that of a tree. I'm not sure what that was, but uh, anyway. Yeah, somebody turned into a tree. So, yeah, that's... Uh, so, uh, these two boys were turned into uh, uh, trees. They were doomed to stand for 100 years naked as trees. You see. So, this was their karma. <clears throat> Somebody may say, what kind of God would allow that curse to take place? You know? <laughs> people are always like that. So often we see people are... You know, why is God doing that? We always want to blame God. We always want to blame somebody. The devotee of Krishna takes it on the chin. The devotee of Krishna steps up and says, I goofed up. I made a mistake. I made a series of mistakes. I'm lower than the straw in the street. And he tries to be as humble as the grass and as tolerant as a tree. Lord Chaitanya said, that's how you get out of this material world, you see. <clears throat> you can't have tender toes thinking I'm not getting proper respect. You're spinning your wheels. It's like a car that runs off the road and gets caught in the mud. You know, you can think, oh, that's okay. I'll put it in gear and I'll just drive out of this mud. And you're driving along and you realize you're not going anywhere. The wheels are just spinning. You know, some foolish person may think, oh, here I am going down the road. But you're still in the mud, 
spinning. So we're like that. Until we can give up false ego, we're spinning our wheels. And you can say, oh, no, Prabhu, I'm making some advancement. Oh, really? How's your false ego doing? Well, I've still got that, but I'm making advancement. I don't think so. You've got to let that go. It'll haunt you. It'll keep you here. At the time of death, if that false ego is still thriving, it'll hold you. Instead of going back home to Godhead, it's got you. You see? Because it will affect your desires. Your desires are what give you your next body. If your desire is to serve Krishna in a loving way, then uh, at the time of death, that's, that will emancipate you. You will you'll be liberated. If your desire is to get even with the world because they don't give you proper respect, you're doomed. You're going to stay here and, and, and chase your tail like a dog, you see. This false ego will grab us. It'll hold us here. It's a prison. It's a prison that we create in our mind. It's a function of our mind. It's not real. It's only happening in our head. We believe that something is happening, that we're being disrespected. And because this person is disrespecting me, then they're not good. That means they're my enemy. That means I can't trust them. So I need to get my friends together and we don't associate with him and his friends or her and her friends or whatever, you see, because I'm not getting proper respect. We should feel that if I get any respect, I'm getting too much. I'm not doing any respect. Why? Because Krishna. Krishna is the center of our universe. You see? Krishna should, should get everyone's attention. Not me and my pity party. You see? We're taking our eye off the ball if we focus it on us. We should be focusing on Krishna and how to serve Krishna. How to please Krishna and make Krishna smile. You see? Whatever we have to do to do that. I mean, we think about it. Uh, if, we, uh, if we take ourselves seriously, uh, and if we take our uh, position as devotees of Krishna seriously, then uh, answer the question, what are you prepared to do to make Krishna smile? Anything? Uh, let me ask a, an easier question. What are you not prepared to do to make Krishna smile? Is there anything you wouldn't do? If we think about it, we would do anything. You see? We would do anything to make Krishna smile, to make Krishna happy. We would do anything to be in a position of these two boys, to see Krishna face to face. For our bodies to be, have been killed by Krishna, dragging the mortar, knocking the trees down, and we're, our souls are released. <laughs> Can you imagine? You're in a half, a, a, a very low conscious state of a tree, very low realization. Oh. And all of a sudden, you're forced to leave your body. 
And now here you are, a spirit soul, and you've just been killed. And you look and you see the face of the Supreme Lord, little baby Krishna. And he just killed you, dragging a mortar. What are you going to say? You know, How dare you knock me over? Who do you think you are? I had a right to live, and you killed me. I was having a good time with this tree thing. I like being a tree. You see? So would you be, are you willing to die to see Krishna face to face? Why not? So if this seeing this Krishna face to face and getting close and personal with him is so valuable, as we think about that, how could we think about ourselves? Are you willing to be disrespected to see Krishna face to face? Are you willing not to get proper attention to see Krishna face to face? To face? If that's true, if the answer is yes, then um, if you don't ever feel disrespected or uh, like we're not getting proper attention, you see, I'm willing to pay that. You see, we can't expect any. We don't, the devotee doesn't want it. Uh, the devotee doesn't know what to do with respect. It's, it's, out, um, uh, it's out of character. So the devotee, when he does seem to get it from someone, he tries to give it back to them. It becomes like a hot potato, you see. My sannyasi godbrothers, if I try to offer them some respect, which I feel out of love and appreciation, I can see, oh, you are such, wonderful, such a wonderful devotee. What you're doing is so great. It's very, uh, I, what I'm doing is making myself feel good because it feels good to give them praise. But I'm making them feel very uncomfortable. They, it's, it's like, whoa, what is this? I don't want this. You see? So what do they do? I, in other words, I just toss them a hot potato. What do they do? They toss it right back. Oh, but you are so and you're great, and you're wonderful in this way, you see. They, they won't hold on to it. They don't say, yes, I am. Thank you for noticing. You're very observant. You, my dear friend, are a good judge of character. You don't hear that, you see. So let's follow the examples of the advanced devotees. In other words, we have a picture painted for us. We have uh, a method already there. All we have to do is follow in the footsteps of the previous acharyas. You know, we're not wandering around in the dark. <laughs> you know, we're not helpless out here. We have the scriptures and we have people walking amongst us. Let's be like them. Not that we can imitate, but we can certainly emulate. You see, let's adapt uh, to spiritual life. You see, if our desire is to really see Krishna face to face, then we have to start thinking, uh, and we should, we should actually consider, 
What is it? I mean, this is a good exercise for us. What is it that I am so attached to that I would not give it up to have Krishna? Personal, face-to-face, embracement, to be able to embrace Krishna. Make a list of all those things that you could not give up to see Krishna and then go home and burn them, you know, or donate them to the Salvation Army or whatever. Does that make any sense? Figure it out. Let's know now. Let's not hide it in our subconscious. Let's not wait till the time of death. Figure it out. What is it? Go through your closet, you know, go through your... uh, uh, In America, they have this self-storage, you know, go through your... Go down to your self-storage, open it up, <laughs> go through. What is it that are, make a list of your attachments that you cannot let go, that, that you would keep huh? instead of having Krishna. And while you're at it, check the false ego. Is my false ego worth it? Am I, am I willing to hang on to my false ego? <clears throat> rather than have Krishna? Am I willing to go around trying to show everybody uh, how great I am and being angry at them for not giving me proper praise and recognition? (laughs) You know? Is my uh, false pride... Am I going to try to make it not false? Am I going to work the rest of my life to to make you see how great I am and you and everybody else because I don't get proper respect. And I feel like people should, should see my greatness, you know? And we, gotta have, we have a world of people like that. And if we meditate on that, that's the, the cause for strife. That's our problem that we have, you see. <clears throat> <clears throat> the rubbing <clears throat> that we have among with each other, the the what are they, the rub, you know, um, the friction that we have, is because you're thinking I'm not giving you proper respect. Well, that's because you're a rascal. You're a rascal. You're just not giving me proper respect. So I don't like you. Let's fight. Or at least, you know, let me just not associate with you, because you're a fool. Well, why is the guy a fool? He seemed like a nice guy. Well, he's a fool because he, he doesn't respect me. You can tell he's a rotten guy, doesn't give me respect. And we all know that I deserve it. You know that, don't you? <laughs> you are my friend, aren't you? You see how, you know, sickening. It's sickening. It puts a foul, a foul taste in the mouth. Sickening. So, um, so these boys, <coughs> uh, Mani Grieve and Nala Kuvra, they were uh, frolicking like this out of, in, in their false ego. They didn't even notice Narda was there. Uh, Prabhupada makes a, a, an extremely uh, val- important statement here that. These, these boys were fortunate, you see. If it had been like a, a chatriya coming by, he would have just killed them. 
you see. If an, uh, some Chatria had come by and saw this scene, he would have just killed them, and, you see. But because they were uh, cursed by Krishna's pure devotee, Nard Muni, then they ended up seeing Krishna face to face. So if we're going to find Krishna, we need to find Krishna's devotee and surrender to Krishna's devotee. Beg the mercy. Begging the mercy means, uh, it doesn't mean that we have some preconceived idea of what that mercy is. You see, you go to the, the pure devotee, we request, we request initiation, and it's, we're asking for that mercy, and what if he says, oh, well then, oh, this is very good. You should go to Africa and preach. You say, oh, wait a minute, hold on. No, that's not the mercy I had in mind. Oh, so you had some preconception of the mercy that you wanted from me? <laughs> that's not surrender, I'm sorry. You know, I want you to give me your mercy, but don't take anything away and don't change anything, you know. False ego. I'm already fixed. I don't need fixing. I just want a guru. <laughs> I don't need any adjustment. You know, you can't improve uh, perfection. You can't improve it. So, uh, my dear guru, just give me your blessing. <laughs> you see, give me your blessing and don't expect me. Don't ask me to do something I don't want to do. You see. So, uh, to approach Krishna, we have to find his pure devotee. We have to uh, surrender, take shelter of the lotus feet of the pure devotee. So I think we better uh, see if there's any questions or discussion. Anything? And this is the, the here's the question for the day. And all of you out there in radio land or uh, cyber land, you can be thinking of this too. What does Krishna fear? Everybody should know this answer. What does Krishna fear? Want to offer a guess, anybody? No, he's not afraid of that. Nah. But there is something that scares him. He, there is something he is afraid of. Very much afraid of. So think about that. So let's wrap it up. Uh, thank you all. This was really nice. Nice and intimate. Just us folks. And uh, we'll get together and do it again tomorrow. All glories to Srila Prabhupada.